Good evening, and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. I'm joined today by my co-host, Amba Gagarian. Hi, John. It's great to be here with you and all of our listeners on WBAI 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. I'm excited to report that our November print edition will hit the streets later this week. Uh, Meanwhile, you can find our latest uh, news coverage online at independent.org. That's I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T dot O-R-G. In our November issue, we focus on the Palestine-Israel conflict, the same topic we're going to be discussing in the first half of the show today. If you'd like to join that discussion in a little while, you can call us at 212-209-2877. Again, our call-in number, uh, 212-209-2877. We'll be taking calls a little uh, later in this uh, part of the show. And then in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about the resurgent labor movement. The United Auto Workers, or UAW, announced a historic victory yesterday in their six-week strike against the big three auto companies, that's GM, Ford, and Stellantis, or Chrysler. We'll hear from the president of Local 3039, which represents workers at a Stellantis Auto Parts warehouse in Japan, New York, that went on strike on September 22nd. And we'll speak with Andrew Tilson, the executive director of the Workers Unite Film Festival, which kicked off on Friday in the city. And one other uh, quick note here. Uh, early voting is underway for the November 7th uh, uh, city elections. Uh, that early voting continues uh, through Sunday. And then the election day will be next uh, Tuesday when polls will be open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. on election day. Uh uh, all the city council seats are up for um, up for uh, election, uh, and there are some competitive races. There's also some judgeship races, races, and a few other matters. You can find out uh, more if you like at vote.nyc. And now we turn to the Israel-Hamas war, uh, now in its 25th day, uh, and we'll also, of course, be talking about the. Uh, anti-war movement that is uh, burgeoning in reaction to this uh, conflict. Right. And um, at this point, Israeli forces are reported to have advanced to the edge of Gaza City, a densely populated city of 750,000 people. More than 8,300 Gazans have been killed in the conflict, according to the Palestinian-run health ministry, and that may be many more injured. And um, I just wanted to add it in. Uh, for those who doubt the numbers of the uh, Palestinian-run health ministry, um, there is an article by the Washington Post saying why they um, trust it and how the numbers have been generally reliable, because I've been hearing about that lately. But continuing, that toll is sure to grow after the Israeli Air Force bombed the Jabalaya neighborhood in Gaza earlier today, leaving a massive crater in its wake. Officials at a nearby hospital said there were hundreds dead and wounded from the attack. The Israeli military sought to justify the attack, claiming it had killed Hamas, a commander said to be at the site. Um, now we're going to hear actually from the ground, from on the ground in Gaza. There's been a few reporters, um, uh, that were, you know, um, 
that are providing sort of on the ground coverage that really like, you know, from the streets, um, as well as others that are, you know, doing their sort of regular, more official type reporting. This woman's name is Bisan. I'm not sure of her last name. She's a young woman, um, probably in her early twenties who, uh, was Palestinian living in Gaza, um, and was a reporter before, you know, October 7th happened and, uh, has been, uh, reporting much more than she ever did before that since the crisis, uh, bringing to those who want to know what's happening there in Gaza and see it with our eyes, uh, much information. So first we're going to go to some reports from Bissan over the weekend, right after, um, a blackout ended, um, and during some intense, um, an intense bombing campaign that, uh, that happened during the blackout. So we'll hear her, um, some updates from that. This is Bissan from Gaza. It's now 1 a.m. the 28th of October. Uh, And by now, you don't know anything about Gaza since six hours. Um, So today at, or yesterday at 7 p.m. at uh, 8 p.m., the Israeli army cut off all the internet and cellular connections. Um, AM, um, they dropped white phosphorus. I, I, I'm walking while carrying a wet cloth so I can wash my, my, my nose and my eyes because they dropped white phosphorus. I saw it, I heard the voice, uh, the sound, I heard everything. And by the way, they're using new weapons on us. They're trying new weapons on us. We're not used to all these types. We, as experienced in the bombing, know uh, some weapons, know some bombs, know some war plans, but these all are new. They are used tonight, especially tonight. And there are news that the Israeli army are now inside Gaza, in, on ground from um, Beit Hanun city in the north and from from Brage refugee camp in the east. And this is another crime. This is a, this is a war crime. This is against international law. This, this is against everything as the occupation itself is. Right. So that was Bissan reporting from Gaza. She's sheltering in uh, southern Gaza, took shelter since a couple days after um, yeah, the Israeli forces went in after the October 7th Hamas attack. And we heard from her there on the 28th on Saturday. And we are now going to go to a couple other clips from Bissan where we hear her talk more about the toll that um, the war is taking on uh, her streets and, and her and her mental health. It's, it's just a normal walk to find some food and um, in the Rimal neighborhood. I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about that night when the Rimal neighborhood was destroyed. And, and I was, I'm really shocked. This is not the, the, the city I know. This is not the city I'm, I was living in. I and my family are losing our minds. We're having delusions. Wallah, we're having delusions. Tonight, I stood up at 2.30 a.m. screaming and trying to cover my nose and my, my, my eyes with, with a cloth, a piece of cloth and some water because I, 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 I think I saw 
Right, so that first clip that we heard was um, Bissan walking around a completely desolate street. Um, it, it's the only videos I've seen of her where there's not a lot of people around. Usually she's in the shelter or she's reporting from, um, you know, the Al-Shifa hospital. But in this video, it's just desolate. And it's true. That there's just nothing there. It's just, I mean, there's a couple buildings still standing, but the majority are just crumbled and, and there's nobody walking around. Um, and that was recently. She posted that video just nine hours ago. And the second video you heard where she's talking about the delusions that she and her family are experiencing was on October 16th. So she'd heard about the Weiss Phosphorus bombing, but hadn't experienced it yet herself. So she was having nightmares about it. And then those nightmares came true over this recent weekend. And as far as it goes um, for her talking about um, weapons being tested on um, Palestinians, uh, there there are various articles that talk about that. This one is a bit old, but it's the Pulitzer Center in 2016 saying the cruel experiments of Israel's arms industry. So that's just one reference. And if you would like to follow Wizard Bissan, I will tell you she's on Instagram. I'm not don't think she's on Twitter, but she's on Instagram. And it's just at wizard underscore Bissan one. So that's W-I-Z-A-R-D underscore B as in boy, I-S-A-N as in Nancy one. Those were some some interesting reports, right, John? Oh, absolutely. And uh, uh, we'll also have. Uh, more from Bisan uh, in our uh, print edition I was mentioning that will be coming out later this week. You helped uh, compile some of that. I know you've been following her coverage very uh, closely. And, yes, uh, and it's online also. If you want to uh, get a better look, um, there's an article that was uh, up on the independent.org as of last night. We have um, some footage from her there too. If you're not on Instagram and you want to hear more from Bisan, check, check independent.org. That's independent with a Y. Right on. So uh, this unrelenting brutality of Israel's war on Gaza has sparked protests around the world uh, this past weekend, including here in New York. On Friday night, Jewish Voice for Peace took over Grand Central Station with a crowd that spilled out into the nearby streets. Uh, roughly 400 people were arrested inside uh, Grand Central uh, during a, a sit-in that they carried out. And uh, Amba, you were there uh, covering things on the on the from the outside uh, with the crowds um, there. Uh, Any quick thoughts about uh, that experience of of being there on that night? Uh, Yeah. So I'll say, yes, I was on the outside. So there was um, thousands of us on the outside. Well, there were also, I think thousands in in the atrium in the the grand terminal, you know, Um, and uh, it felt powerful it felt like people were hearing um us that's the great thing about you know demonstrating is that people 
can hear what you're saying everyday people whether they're annoyed by it they they can't you know they can walk away from it but they've still heard it um so there's that and and uh and more people kept coming you know i think as people saw because this was an action that was only dropped the day of because it was you know for for reasons of not wanting to have all of their plans ruined obviously and and so a lot of people didn't know they couldn't be planning days in advance to come to this action but as they saw it being updated on social media people came down to participate so i think that's great and then I'll also just say that I, you know, I spoke with people of all sorts that night. I spoke with a young Egyptian rapper who had just come out of the station on a tour, you know, a well-known rapper, Weggs. And he, and he walked he, into He was place. here in New York to perform. Yeah, he came out for a tour. Yeah, he's on a tour. And he was coming from Montreal on the train. And he comes out and, you know, there's this, these, this protest led by non-Zionist Jewish people, you know, saying ceasefire now. And he couldn't, you know, he was moved by that. He was like, you know, these are Jewish people. Wow, that's incredible, you know, because he lives very close to Gaza. And obviously, Egypt has its own relationship and, and war is going far back with Israel and Israel trying to cede um, Egypt's territory um, as well. Um, but so that was great. I spoke with an old, an older, you know, quite older Israeli man who was there holding the whole, I don't know how he kept that sign up above his head for a very long time, ceasefire now. And um, he, you know, said that Biden had lost his vote. And I spoke with a uh, on an account of how he's handling um, this crisis. And I also spoke with a young 14 year old Palestinian woman who well, a girl, really, who had never been to a protest before. I decided to interview her because she was so heartfully, you know, leading a chant when there was a moment of silence. I could tell she was moved. It turns out her mother brought her and it was her first protest ever. But she's been in communication with her grandparents in the West Bank and, you know, very closely related to everything that's going on. And and she 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 was one of those you know, great souls that was moved to, to move, to act, you know, on account of that. Right. And it's, and then on, and then I'll just add briefly on Saturday, unfortunately I couldn't make it. Um, but I've been to a few of their protests and I uh, recommend going this group within our lifetime, Palestine, Palestine or WOL Palestine holds great, you know, uh, protests led by the Palestinian community. And there were tens of thousands of protesters on Saturday marching through Brooklyn. They started at 3 PM at, at, on Eastern Parkway at the Brooklyn Museum. And I know that, you know, they were heading up toward through downtown Manhattan, lower Manhattan at 8 p.m. without stopping. So I don't know where they ended up ending, but they were at it for hours, they, hundreds they, of thousands. They made it to Union Square was where the... They did. Okay, the I didn't want to did. say Union Square, the UN, but they made it to Union Square and, you know, there will be more. And as as uh, many, some of our listeners may know, there is also a massive protest happening um, uh, on this coming weekend on the 4th. Um, in, in DC, um, and, and I don't know if it's just ceasefire now, free Palestine, exactly what the messaging is, but you can check in. I know different groups that are, you know, doing a lot of messaging and organizing buses around it are the People's Forum, New York, the People's Forum, the Palestinian Youth Movement, um, the, uh, BT Newsroom, Breakthrough News has a lot of information on it and they'll be doing live stream. And also the answer coalition, uh, the answer is- coalition. And if you're a tenant, there's coalitions of tenants going, you know, they see this as connected to, you know, the rights of the people to land or space. Right. Um, so Brooklyn eviction defense is going 
I think CHTU was going, Crown Heights Tenant Union. If you want to go with one of those groups, all those different organizations I just made, if you look them up, we'll have information on how to go. And worst case scenario, you can reach out to the station or reach out to us. But lots of people will be converging in D.C. on the 4th. Right. And the, uh, the Answer Coalition, of course, uh, that was formed uh, very shortly after uh, September 11th, 2001, uh, when uh, the War on Terror was being launched, and 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 they were a linchpin of a lot of anti-war protests in the early 2000s. So, uh, you know, in, in some ways, we're coming uh, full circle here with another, uh, you know, uh, eruption of uh, war and conflict in the Middle East, and um, you know, the U.S. Uh, right in the thick of it. Uh, and this time is 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 unique though because you know thousands of people are being killed in very short time spans far far more killing than we've ever experienced so i think that's probably partially what's bringing so much response around the world right i i think that's a big part of it i mean i think here in the united states uh the uh, you know there's a real generational uh split around support for israel uh both uh, inside the Jewish community and in the uh, larger population with older people, uh, you know, I think uh, still uh, maintaining a, a sort of more positive image of Israel is, you know, as this uh, haven uh, for Jewish people founded in the aftermath of the Holocaust in its earlier days, the people who ran it at least identified more as socialists and all of that uh, with the younger generation. Uh, I think it's seen much more in the, in, through the prism of uh, the movement for black lives uh, and through a, a, a racial justice prism where Israel is sort of seen more for what it actually is these days, which is an apartheid society and, and with uh, uh, you know very starkly different treatment for its Jewish and Palestinian uh, peoples. And uh, you know, the younger generation is really turned off by Israel and yeah. uh, I can't help but wonder if it's partially social media. I mean, I'm, I, I'm honestly spitballing listeners here, but I can't help but wonder if it's, if it's partially social media because in a good way in this time, because the younger generation yeah, is people generally, can more share. Leftist, generally more liberal already on many issues, right? On uh-huh. anything. But this split is rather wide. And I wonder if part of it is because, you know, we are plugged in on our phones all the time watching these live reports, whereas older generation is watching the like highly censored, not that what we see isn't centered, censored too, but much more highly censored mainstream media on television. So that might have a little bit to do with it. Just one of many. Yeah, facts. definitely. I mean, the average uh, viewer of, of a network, uh, a news show or a, a cable news show like CNN or MSNBC or, you know, Fox for that matter, are, is probably 60 and up. And, uh, you know, the people who are following social media or TikTok, definitely much younger, a much uh, broader uh, uh, sources of information. Now, obviously, some of those sources can be <laughs> unreliable, but there's a lot that are, uh, you know, very authentic, like the ones we played uh, a few minutes ago from uh, right. Busan in uh, uh, in Gaza. And just to circle back to that uh, that uh, huge uh, rally and demonstration at uh, at Grand Central on Friday night, uh, I saw a tweet uh, from someone. Uh, uh, her name's Katie Unger. She's a co-founder of Jewish Vote uh, and very active with. Uh, some of these other groups that were involved with uh, uh, organizing Friday's protest. And she posted a a, a photo of a, a, a protest at Grand Central in 2003 uh, by a, a Jewish uh, anti-war activist. Uh, and it was a very small uh, gathering. 
just in one little corner of Grand Central. And then, of course, the other night, uh, the whole uh, great hall there was uh, completely packed and you had people uh, spilling out into the streets, as you uh, reported from. And uh, so it just kind of, you know, shows the the, the growth in uh, the Jewish community of more and more people uh, speaking out about what Israel is doing, uh, saying that it doesn't represent their values and and, and, and they can't uh, abide by it anymore. And, you know, I think at least here in the United States, uh, you know, any hope of uh, breaking this uh, bipartisan establishment uh, consensus around sort of unlimited support for whatever Israel wants to do uh, will st- in, in many ways, uh, not exclusively, but it will be important uh, for more and more people in the Jewish community to speak out and say, this doesn't represent us. And, you know, because right now the supporters of Israel, you know, can really try to uh, uh, wave away uh, criticism and just, oh, it's anti-Semitic or people, you know, these are a bunch of haters. And, and you have Jewish people just saying, we want a ceasefire, you know, killing thousands of people in our name does not represent our values. And, and, and they bring, a, I think, a, an additional level of clarity uh, to the uh, moral stakes. And uh, so it was super encouraging to see what we saw at Grand Central. And I think my sense is uh, the, you know, movement for uh, peace and the movement uh, to speak out against what the Israeli government doing is growing in that community. And it's very heartening to see. And, and they're very on Friday night, they were very openly speaking about, you know, not just being for a ceasefire, but be, for being for Palestinian liberation for the idea that uh, all the people in the historic land of Palestine uh, should be able to find a way to uh, share that uh, share that space in, with a society right. based on equality for all, not uh, exclusion and repression. So um, the chance we're not just not in our name, not in our name, not in our di- not on our dime, um, but also free Palestine. From mm-hmm. the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, um, which I think has been thought of as a called by some maybe an anti-Semitic chant. But um, when when you look at it as a more of a territory-based regional dispute, I think it that can make sense. And and I'm not trying to chalk it up just to that either. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean you can look at that chant in in, in two different ways. One is uh, it's a uh, uh, calling for all of um, all of the territory there uh, to be uh, shared and for people to enjoy equal rights and equal justice uh, and, and not be this uh, stratified apartheid society. Now you can also take a bleaker look. And frankly, there are people uh, certainly uh, the Islamic extremists in, uh, in Israel, Palestine, <laughs> they clearly want to uh, wipe out uh, the population that is there. Um, I, I mean, part of Hamas's, stated agendas they want all of that territory uh to be under sharia law so that's you know obviously people like that are not going to be a part of the uh solution and nor are the fanatics on the uh on the israeli side who are expanding their settlements every uh almost every week in in the west bank where there's also tremendous violence going on right now i mean really um and it's very disturbing uh i think you know we heard these comments uh over the uh, weekend from Netanyahu when the Israeli ground invasion began in Gaza that, uh, I think we can go to here in a minute where he called for destroying, uh, Amalek. And we'll talk more about, 
uh, what he was alluding to after uh, we hear from uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And in the meantime, callers, call in if you want to join the conversation, 212-209-2877. Please no hate speech from any side, but call in if you think you have anything interesting to add, if you want to share any opinions, it's 212 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven to join the conversation. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. In the meantime, we will hear from Israeli PM Benjamin Netanyahu. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible. And we do remember and we are fighting our brave troops and combatants who are now in Gaza or around Gaza and in all other regions in Israel are joining this chain of Jewish heroes, a chain that has started 3,000 years ago from Joshua ben Nun until the heroes of 1948, the Six-Day War, the 70th October war and all other wars in this country are hero troops they have one supreme main goal to completely defeat the murderous enemy and to guarantee our existence in this country we've always said never again never again is now okay so that was a uh, translator translating uh, the speech uh, by uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. He was speaking in Hebrew. He had the translation there in English. Uh, Amba, uh, of course, when I uh, when I heard this, I think like many people, I was like, "What the heck is Amalek? What are we even talking about here?" Well, of course, you know the miracle of Google can give you these answers very quickly. Uh, uh, so the Amalekites uh, were a, a, a clan or a tribe in southern Israel three thousand years ago that were. Uh, rivals of the Israelites and, and the two groups didn't get along. And, uh, the book of Samuel describes how, uh, uh, Joshua, who's referred to also there, uh, uh, led a campaign to slay all the Amalek, Amal- Amalekites <laughs> or Amalek. And, uh, in, in that biblical passage uh, that, uh, Netanyahu is referring to, God commands the Israelites to kill all the women, the men, women, children, uh, infants, sucklings, to even kill the, the donkeys and the camels of the Amalekites. Uh, so the fact that we have this sort of uh, messianic uh, uh, religious craziness coming out of the mouth of the guy who's overseeing this whole military campaign, and he's re- referring to a 3,000-year-old war of annihilation to inspire his troops and his people to get behind this war uh super disturbing and it it doesn't speak well at all of leaders here in america starting with uh joe biden that are essentially giving a unlimited green light for this but this isn't the first genocidal comment he's made during this well, conflict or no, ever. I, of course. I mean, so that's, been, the, you know, but it is scary. I mean, he's sent that tweet. Now it's been, and one thing I wanted to mention earlier was, yeah, you're right, John. There's a lot of misinformation out there on social media, pictures from old conflicts that are showing up. Just fact check your stuff, guys. Read various, you know, read and listen to and intake various outlets. Don't even just read WB, listen to WBAI. Don't just read the indie. Read a lot and see what seems true. It's very helpful in finding the truth. But, you know, yeah, this isn't Netanyahu's first. On October 16th, he tweeted, this is a struggle between the children of light and the children of darkness, between humanity and the law of the jungle. That was another, you know, known sort of genocidal 
esque statement. And and they've you know his ministers have said we're going for maximum damage, not accuracy. So while they're saying you know in some situations this is about you know eradicating Hamas at all costs, they've also said very clearly that. All of, you know, all the better the civilian casualties. Not so what or not rules of proportionality don't count because of Hamas's strategy, but all the better the civilian casualties. And right. this is not a conspiracy. No, uh, we have uh, a caller on the line. Uh, Great. Uh, if if uh, a caller, if you can uh, give us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, my name is Bill. I'm calling from Staten Island, New York. Welcome uh, to WBAI Radio, Bill. What would you like to uh, share with us today? Yes, thank you. I'd just like to uh, interject with uh, maybe one or two thoughts uh, on the subject. Uh, One is, uh, I believe most people, most people on either side, really do care about the innocents involved in this. I don't think, I mean, if there are, that's crazy. But I don't think any side is really saying, oh, let's kill both sides, let's kill everybody. I don't see it as that. I think the media is kind of trying to play it like that because there is political division in the country and in the world. Uh, another thing is, just like the United States with the border crisis, um, having a lot of you know illegal migrants come into this country, especially at this time, is very, very scary for Americans as well. I think that has to come into play as well because seeing on the media... You know, people getting, you know, killed in their homes, you know, terrorists running through the streets, uh, literally killing babies, beheading, whatever the case may be. That's very, very scary for, for the, you know, in general, for the public. So what are your thoughts on being that, you know, there's clerics in the world calling for jihad against Americans and Israelis and non-Islamic people? What are your thoughts? On that and uh, and the border being so open and us as the country not knowing who actually in the past two and a half years has gotten in, which is now the tally is over eight million. And that's what they know about. That, that's OK. My question. Yeah, we, we I think we get your point, Bill. Uh, so uh, maybe I'll just go quickly here first. Uh, I don't think uh, we should be afraid of, of the uh, migrants coming up. Uh, to our southern border, certainly in that way, there's, uh, I, I think, you know, frankly, there, there's a, a racial tinge to what you're saying. It's like, well, there's brown people in Palestine that did a bad thing. So, uh, if there's, uh, brown skin colored people, uh, uh that are uh, fleeing to the United States from, for various reasons of desperation, uh, to, to paint them in the same light, I think is hugely unfair. Uh, many of these people, just as our, uh, you know, in previous generations will do wonderful things in this country. They'll start uh, businesses. Their children will go to school and go to college and all, all those things. Uh, I mean, this country would be nowhere without its immigrants. And, um, so I, and you I might say be don't be, I don't, don't be, uh, I don't fall for the fear mongering, I guess is, is, is what I would say. And, um, we can all be appalled by what happened on October 7th with those massacres, but, uh, not just transfer that onto everybody who's uh, different from what we think of a, uh, as an American uh, is. And the interesting thing, too, is that the borders that a lot of the Central Americans are crossing and the border, you know, that the Hamas uh, fighters crossed when they 
committed the, the horrendous massacre on October 7th, those borders were both created by the occupying forces, you know? I mean, I don't know. I think it's important to think about history. Um, those borders didn't exist for a long time, and that was just the, those people's land. But, uh, uh, Bill, we thank you for your for your call. Um, we're going to uh, take a break here in a moment. We're going to come back with uh, uh, some uh, important labor coverage. Uh, Amba, you had a chance to talk with the UAW uh, union leader earlier today. We're going to want to hear uh, their reaction. Um, but first, we'll take a quick music break. 